Alex and Peter. Good morning, my love. Good morning, my love. How'd you sleep last night? Really well. Oh yeah, why is that? Went to bed early again, like 10 o'clock. Woke up before my alarm at 7-11. It was good, I feel like I got good sleep. I woke up feeling refreshed and rested. Mm-hmm. Feeling good about it. Um, grateful for that, because it's, fr- it's, well, it's my last day of working for the week and I have a workout this morning so I was really glad to have energy nice um what about you how'd you sleep uh how can I slept fitfully like I went to sleep at about midnight and then at about five o'clock I kind of was rustled awake and then kind of didn't really go back to sleep until seven ish okay and then got up and then yeah here we are here we are so, today, oh, real quick, I want to say, um, quick life update, uh, I've been working on lots of projects lately, I've been learning lots of things with multimedia, and I've been, like, working on my consulting website, and then also, um, yeah, just playing a lot of chess, it's been very chess-filled, um, lots of projects, and then lots of leisure time, and I feel like my days are very full, um, shout out, sobriety experiment, for giving me the energy, time, and willpower to do so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love so, that for you, babe. Yeah, being really intentional about time, planning time out, um, like planning leisure out feels nice. Like tonight we're going to go to First Fridays, we're going to walk around, I'm going to bring my camera, we're going to shoot some photos and that whole sort of thing and hang out. And, yeah. yeah, First Fridays I feel like is kind of a standing date for us. Mm-hmm. Like... We go more Friday, more first Fridays than not, and, you know, whether it's we invite friends or go with a group of people or just go the two of us, like, mm-hmm. it's just something I really look forward to, and we both enjoy art in general, mm-hmm. so looking at the art is great, and, like, I don't know, I feel like we always meet people, mm-hmm. just meeting people around the city, the different artists. Um, Here's how it goes normally. We'll, we'll walk into a gallery, we'll look around... And then someone will see Liz make some sort of loud noise and then make a comment about her appearance in some way. And then that's how the conversation begins. And then we'll end up becoming like fast friends with that person and find out that they're like the artist or a gallery owner or some patron, you know, somebody who buys a lot of art or something like that. And those are always fun experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So going to do that. Hope, Hope to find some poetry. We have at different points. There has been some like really erotic shit that we bought. Uh, actually, needs to go out on our coffee table that I think is in a box right now. We're waiting for a bookshelf to be built before we put all of our books there. But I don't know. I might bring that one up and just put it out there just so that people who come over are like, "Oh, what is this interesting? Oh, that's a penis. Oh, that's that's somebody sucking a penis. Oh, that's poetry about sucking a penis." Yeah, we found a really great erotic artist. Last year. And oh, they are just an artiste. They're, the work that we have is erotic. I'm sure that they do other, you know, they do they do lots of things that are not erotic as well. Some of their stuff is, like, really poignant and sad, and some of it's, like, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's fun to look at and fun to read. Yeah. So. I was excited about that. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what tonight brings. Um, speaking of poetry, I was just... That made me just kind of wonder about your relationship to poetry. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've talked a few times about how I, since I was a little kid, have written just all kinds of different things. Just, you know, people talk about art being something that just comes out of them, like they feel the need to create, they just have to get out. That's what it is for me. And I find myself just writing, even today, you know, yesterday, like, let's see, let's see if I can say out loud what I wrote, because sometimes it's not fit for publication. Oh yeah, I wrote some, I wrote some rap lyrics. I can't say the whole thing, um, but how about this? Um, I'm an incredible sexual predator, dick as big as Arnold Schwarzenegger. There you go. How about that? I was listening to some really, really shitty 90s rap uh, because I'm going through that Rolling Stone list. Yeah. And even shitty things can inspire you sometimes. Yeah. And that was that's what I got inspired to write down. I love how that's what you chose to, like, share on our podcast when, like, you have so many just, like, beautiful, beautiful poems that you've written. Um, but they're, they're always about, like... Uh, you know, greater society and the human experience or cats or mortality or uh, triumph or injury or, you know, things like that. But then when I'm listening to like a shitty like a rap album from 1993 that is just so misogynistic and so homophobic and aged so poorly, but yet it's got a catchy beat and, you know, it's got some... And so like it inspired me to write something that was... Stupid and vulgar in very 1993. Okay. That's, sometimes that's where we're at. Incredible sexual predator. Dick as big as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Inspired. Inspired. Absolutely inspired. It feels good to say, doesn't it? <laughs> oh. Like, you hear it, and, like, if you if you had heard that a few times on the radio, you'd sing along with it. You would talk about how your dick was as big as Arnold Schwarzenegger. I... Especially if it was 1993. He was huge at the time. Even huger than he is now. Because he's old and he's deflated deflated that's what happens when you so, work out a shit ton and then you like get old you deflate tell me a little bit about your the first time you like you wrote poetry or learned about poetry or learned to write poetry oh i think i just always wrote things that i thought were pleasing to say you know because like you the uh, a phrase right like i i can't remember the the the, <laughs> the phrase but remember that cooking documentary that we watched and the guy was like, it's all about the gesture. Yeah. Right? Like that, that whole sort of thing, it's almost like the verbal equivalent of, of that physical, like the gesture, you know? Uh-huh. Like capturing that, that whatever it is, you know, that specialness of, a, of, a, of words being in the proper order, said in the proper cadence, you know? Yeah. Um, I am just so delighted by that. Were you formally trained to write poetry? <coughs> Um, not at first. I, I do remember that I just kind of like knew what words were and just wrote them down, you know? Like as a kid? Yeah, just as a kid. But then I got into high school and I know that we had poetry sections in my English classes. Yeah. Um, and you know, everybody thinks that I took a creative writing class with, uh, one of our, I'm not going to say her name, but people know who I'm talking about. Um, she, she taught junior English honors and... She also taught creative writing at my old high school, and she was great. But everybody thinks that I took her class because I'm just that kind of person, but I never took the creative writing class. Uh-huh. Um, I just sat in a lot. I just would, like, roam the halls and just, like, come in and just, like, sit and talk and, like, contribute to conversation and then leave just randomly. 
Um, so I try to expose myself even in my first, like quote unquote free time to just people doing it. And I would go to open mics at coffee shops when I was in high school. Just, you know, I never got up and read or anything like that, but I would listen to the people feel inspired to go back to my place and write. Um, in college, I probably got my most formal, uh, educate, well, and informal too. I remember I lived in the, uh, you know, the arts dormitory, I guess you could call it, uh, Hashinger Hall, Hash Hall. At KU. At KU, where all the hash gets smoked. And so while smoking hash, you know, I shared poetry with people there and like some of those experiences were brutal. Like people not liking your poetry to your face is like, oh, ouch, oof. Um, and so, but like, that's also inspirational in itself. And then as part of my degree for my journalism degree, there, there are different options that you can do to get your, uh, bachelor of arts, no bachelor of science, I think in journalism. Um, and one of them is called a three by three, like where you, um, uh, you, you take three, uh, 300 or higher level classes in three different disciplines in addition to your journalism, your core journalism studies. Uh, and I did English as one of them just because I just want to have very, very deep writing acumen, you know, journalism, writing, da, da, da. Um, maybe it was redundant, but it did allow me to take um, three, like a, a four or five and a 600 level poetry writing class. Uh-huh. And so for three semesters, uh, I got to be in three different cohorts of people writing for that whole semester and then workshopping our stuff with each other, talking about it and getting graded on it, that whole sort of thing. Um, yeah, my, my professor for all of those, well, no, no, for the very last one, I, th I believe, was a very old British, bald British man. And he just like ripped my shit up. Uh, which was great because, like, you know, I, I needed, you know, direction and I needed to be told, you know, what rules were and how to break them and, you know, when it's appropriate and, like, I don't know, someone to challenge that kind of stuff. Not just, like, form and, and technical things, but also just, like, the, the gesture, you know, like, the, the, like, fucking, like, and, like, that also comes about in journalism, too, because you're, you're kind of, um, your your work is pared down so much to fit the space that you have on the physical page, right? So every word really matters. And so constructing like the most punchy, impactful, yet full of information phrases that you can to get a story across, that's a poetry in and of itself, right? It's just a very functional kind of poetry. Um, and so, yeah, I wrote a lot in college, you know, all four years that I was there. And then I went to Korea and I wrote <clears throat> hundreds of poems like dozens of haiku and you know dozens more of just um, prose and I did some other like actual formed poetry as well and I've, I've got it all saved on my computer and my my cloud stuff um, and so yeah I came back from Korea and just always wrote just in my you know free time I, I, I've kept a notebook on me at all times there, there was a time that I that I didn't for a few years but I started doing it again a few years ago um, but like, I always have a pen and paper on me able to write stuff down. And so, you know, when those moments where, you know, I hear a fun turn of phrase or I, I come up with one that's a derivative from something else, um, I'm ready to pull those thoughts in and get them down and remember them. And then now I throw them into my Trello board so I can really not forget them. And, you know, when I have time and a wild hair to work on writing, you know, I'll just pull those up and just kind of massage lyrics together, I guess. So post-college, post-Korea. Mm-hmm. 
I'm hearing that you still write poetry regularly. Um, I would, let's see. When was the last time that I wrote a poem? It was probably. Eh, I mean, you you saw those lyrics. Those lyrics that I said were part of a a four bar thing that I didn't read the whole part of. So I guess if you count that as poetry, I wrote a little poetry yesterday. And the last time <clears> I remember <throat> you showing me poetry was when we lived in the other house. Mm-hmm. You, I remember one day you, we were just talking, you were across the room mm-hmm. and you just like, like had got this look on your face, ran to the computer and just started typing and you just like busted out this long poem mm-hmm. that was absolutely incredible. And it was just like this yeah. moment of inspiration. Yeah. And I feel like that's the I last poem that. you really showed me. Yeah, I've written since then, but like that's a really good example. You know, when when people so, sometimes people when they try to take on a creative endeavor, uh, they worry about like the muse striking. You know, like they wait for that that you know everything to be perfect and for them to really feel like they want <clears throat> to write. But and and like that's an example of that happening. But it never happens. You know, you just got to do it over and over again. Like you, I, I get I I find myself getting ideas and like basically any time that I have an idea, even if the execution is pretty shitty. Just get it down. Like, just make the thing. Start making the thing. You can make the thing better. Editing exists, you know? Just get the, like, get that pure whatever it is down. So you're saying you don't just write, like, I guess my question is, do you mostly write poetry when you're feeling inspired, or do you write poetry as well just for the practice of writing poetry? All, just all of it, yeah. Every, all the time. Just like, yeah. I'm thinking of things constantly. I'm I'm taking in media that inspires me to create, you know. And so it could be, uh, it could be writing an aphorism. It could be writing a few lyrics. It could be writing uh, a guide. It could be writing a business plan. It could be writing a poem. Like I just I have so many things like that that are just like needing to come out all the time. Um, so yeah. Cool. Would you, we've talked in a previous episode of like, you said something along the lines of you are what you do, what you're actively doing, Mm -hmm. not just what you've done in the past, but it's like what you're currently doing shapes who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, the idea being that if you, if the last time that you made art was 10 years ago, and, and the, the time in your life when you made the most best art, when you were at your highest point of being an artist was 10 years ago, you used to be an artist, all right? Mm-hmm. You're not an artist right now. And I that's hard for people to hear, right? Because we have these preconceived notions about ourselves, these uh, hero stories that we've written in our minds. But look at how you're spending your motherfucking time. Look me in the eyes and tell me who you really are based on that. And that freaks people the fuck out. Yeah. And it freaks me the fuck out to the point where I act. So that I can say to people, yeah, I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a writer, you know, and I'm not bullshitting. Would you call yourself a poet? Yeah, I would call myself a poet. I've written poetry recently. I've written, I've written a shit ton. I've written hundreds, if not thousands of poems in my life. And I'm currently consistently writing. Amazing. I love that for you. Yeah, it feels really good. So... Yeah, I, I like to consume it, I like to buy it, I like to make it, I like to edit it, I like reading other people's poetry, I like amateur poetry, I like professional poetry. Remember a couple of years ago where once or twice we went to that little tiny like hole-in-the-wall bar in Kansas City and... Yeah, The Brick. The Brick. 
and we went to a couple of what is it, like open mic nights? Open mic nights, yeah. It was a lot of like younger folks from the universities around town. Like uh, I think like the Art Institute and UMKC mm-hmm. mainly. So I kind of felt like there were people there who already knew each other. A lot of them. Who were writing poetry that was referencing in-group uh, symbols and things like that that we weren't privy to. And so that kind of made it weird. It felt like we were like intruding on someone else's club. Yeah. Um, but... <coughs> I would like to find more stuff like that, or like maybe start going back to that now that we've got some like different different times set up now. Or at least yeah, I would. I would love to do something like that again. And you've written some really like, I mean, I can't express enough to our dear listeners. Some of the like most beautiful poems Peter has written are about cats, and there are so many of them, and they're deeply touching and deeply emotional. Or just, like, really beautiful. Um, like, and I would love to go to, like, an open mic night where you read one or two of those. Because, like, I don't know. Artsy folks love cats mm-hmm. is my, like, experience. Yeah, and that, so I feel like a, a cat poem would go over well in any, any crowd. Mm-hmm. Crowd pleaser. How endearing would it be to get up on stage and be like, I wrote some poems about my cats that I'd like to share with you. I think it would go over well. Like, I really would support you in doing that. I'm yeah. sure our friends would, too. Yeah, I think that'd be funny. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've wanted to. So I've got a collection of five poems that I've been holding on to for a while. Uh, that I think since, like, 2019, I've kind of collected these. Like, I've noticed that they, these five have, like, a theme all between them, right? And I want to... You know, at some point when I have time to just, like, make art for myself, which I guess could be now if I chose for it to be, but I'm choosing to develop some skills before I set off to work again. Um, I would like to make a chapbook of those poems, just, like, a short little, like, like very artistic, like, little handmade things. Uh, you know, basically, like, one page, you know, a, a front cover that is designed however, you know, bespoke way. And then an inside cover, you know, that's, like, dedication and table of contents. And then the first actual, like, uh, double truck, like, the two pages open next to each other, uh, would be, one side would be an image that depicts what's going on in the poem. And then the up opposite page would be the poem itself. And then five of those. So basically, like, a, would it be, like, a 14-page thing front and back? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, I'm going to take some time to like make some drawings myself i could always just like do the trendy thing now and use uh dolly or stable diffusion or one of those ai image creating things to ask it to create images for me but that seems a little i don't know i don't know how i feel about that like i think the art's cool and i think it's got applications but i also kind of want the humanness of my own hand creating things yeah and i like it when you draw like I love your drawings. Like, I personally feel like I can tell that you're not, like, a completely trained artist or anything, like, in drawing. But the rawness of it is really beautiful to me. And very, it makes it more interesting to -hmm. look at. And it's kind of scratchy when you draw. Yeah. And so I just find it very visually appealing. Um, and And I think that the juxtaposition between that your drawings and your poetry 
it would be really cool in a little booklet. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you should pursue that and do yeah. that. Yeah, and just be like, I, I wanted to do it in December for, uh, like, as, like, a Christmas gift to send out to, like, close friends, you know? Um, but I just, like, didn't have time. I was doing a whole bunch of other stuff. Well, maybe that's something to consider for this year. Yeah, I, I, it's on my Trello board. It's it's something I, I see that card every now and then, and I'm like, yeah, I should. Do you have a favorite poet that inspires you the most? Yeah, I mean, I would say, so... I've got three books of poetry. I was thinking about this before we started recording. I've got three books of poetry in the house right now. Um, one of them is uh, a collection of poems by Robert Frost, like his anthology. Uh, the other is Leaves of Grass, Walt Whitman. And then the other one is, the last one is uh, The Last Night of the World Poems by Charles Bukowski. Huh? And I would have to say, like, out of everybody, it's probably Bukowski, which is such a cliche, like... You know, men, men in my generation type of thing love Bukowski. Right. Because, like, like, Bukowski is, he's kind of, like, in that line of, like, Jack Kerouac, almost. Like, these kind of, like, rock on tour, like, dirty men who who are, like, searching for things. But they're, like, working class and life is shitty and... Um, because, you know, like, Bukowski, he wrote, you know, pretty much all his life until I think he was, like, in his, like, 30s or something like that. And then he quit for a few years and just worked shitty jobs, just, like, post office and, like, hung out in bars and things like that. And just uh, kind of got, like, I don't know, I, I can't remember the story exactly, but something caused him to start writing again when he was, like, 35, something like that. And he didn't really ever make a whole bunch of money until he was, like, 50 years old. And then he became, like, world famous. And, like, like German 18-year-old girls would fly to California to sleep with him. Like, just, wow. like, cra- crazy, like, crazy turn of life. Complete opposite of what the first 50 years of his life were. And he just wrote all about that stuff. And so I just find it to be really authentic Authentic in the sense of, like, capturing what it's like to be a, a lower-middle-class or working-class American man in a declining empire, you know? Yeah. It, like, which is, which is, when you read my stuff, is about that sort of shit because that's the kind of stuff that affects me. And so... And I feel like at times you've been really expi- inspired by, like, the cadence of his writing... Of Bukowski's writing, I don't know if I use the right term for poetry, but like the cadence in which he writes is, I feel like, very unique. Yeah, it's like it's very to to me, it's very similar to Hemingway in that it's it's the economy of of the words, right? The brevity. It's it's uh it's that what's that the I I always butcher this. I think it's Mark Twain said, "I would have written you a shorter letter had I the time." Yep. Right. Yeah. It's it's that, but it's taken to an extreme. And it, it turns words on a page into a, a heavyweight boxer that is trying to punch your fucking teeth out. And I love that. I, I love that about Bukowski. I love that about Hemingway. I love that about Frost. Like, the, just those guys. Like, they, they, every single word means something. It, there's no fat. It's so lean. And when we read Bukowski, I feel like everything just instead of punching you in the teeth, I felt like everything either punched you in the gut or in the heart. Yeah. Like, the rawness of it all. Like, 
If anyone hasn't read Bukowski, I would recommend it. In fact, uh, I hope it's okay that I share this, but like, remember when you bought a copy of what is it called the the last the end of the last night of the world? Yeah, la- the last. I think it's the last night of the world poems. The last night of the world poems by Bukowski. You bought a copy for yourself and for your mom, mm-hmm. and over the course of several months, every morning Peter would read one of the poems with his mom. Yeah, so we had two copies. She she would follow along, and I would read from our separate copies. That was a really, I feel like, beautiful moment in time for you both. Most art she's got in a while. Right. So, yeah, that was nice, a culturing thing. And, like, I don't know, I just like reading that stuff out loud. It feels like it feels good to say. Again, like, like I was saying, you know, the, the gesture, right? Whatever the verbal equivalent of the gesture is, right? Bukowski's got the fucking gesture, right? Yeah. His, his hand is so strong, he can't help but gesture every single time. And I feel like your poems that you write hit the same way. I would love for you to one day, like, publish them, like, on a blog or somewhere public, like, for the people to read. Not just our friends and family, but, like... I feel like some of the things you've written deserve to be seen by the world. Maybe I'll record some, uh, like, uh, audio style and release those extra episodes on this. Yeah, that could be fun. Oh, man. Watch out. I'm going to subject you all to my poetry soon. <laughs> <laughs>